Hey there, happy St. Patrick's Day. If you're listening to this uh, anytime before March 23rd, I just want to let you know real quick that there are still spots in my foundation to master your money mindset. And that's just where I take you through. I teach you all of the steps of my six step process to master your money mindset. M-A-S-T-E-R. Each letter stands for something that starts with detection and exposure of the money lies that you're believing that are limiting you. So that's part of your limited money mindset. And I walk you through that entire process and I uh, invite you to very powerful exercises that help you go deeper into what you're believing about money, what you're believing about yourself, and what you're doing or believing that is making making money hard in your business. And this is what I just did for the last group. And they got so much out of it. And I I have had a really tough time really describing in um, really clear language the power of this work that we do. So one thing I will say, which, you know, for what it's worth is just trust me on this. I have had so many people get so much value out of this short eight week, uh, group experience that I, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on getting a better handle on how to really describe this to you. So you really understand the, uh, how very powerful this is. But in this case, um, just trust me on this. And if you join and in the first three to four weeks, if you don't see the value that I'm talking about, I will give you your money back. No questions asked. So don't worry about that. There's nothing at stake. And that's also one of, uh, a useful thought that I've recently found and offered one of my clients and I've been giving it to everybody that I meet. <laughs> there is nothing at stake. Growing your business is not a life or death experience. So it's uh, really just about, you know, growing you in addition to growing your business. Uh, there is nothing at stake. That's what I like to believe lately. So today I want to talk about what are all the ways you're still believing you're not good enough? Uh, How can you stack up evidence day after day after day that you actually are good enough? So I was thinking about this and thinking about the different books I've been reading and how each one of them seems to provide evidence for me of useful thoughts that I can believe that demonstrate that I'm good enough, you know, and I start to notice things that might be driving performance that is not good enough, right? Because if I believe I'm not good enough, then my performance is going to reflect that, right? Because our thoughts lead to our results. (laughs) So if I'm thinking I'm not good enough, even if it's not quite Uh, even if I'm not quite aware of it, or even if I'm not sure exactly where everywhere that's showing up, it's still going to drive that result. And so, you know, think about what are some of the versions of not good enough or not enough that keep you striving from that energy and keep you getting the results that are not enough or not good enough, right? 
the results I'm getting in my business are not good enough. Where is that coming from? It's probably coming from some version of thinking that is not good enough, right? You're telling yourself that narrative and you can change the narrative. You can change the story that you're telling yourself. So one book I just finished reading is Win the Day by Mark Batterson and he calls it Flipping the Script. And so in that book, he tells the story of the America's Cup yacht race. And it goes, and I, and this is an excellent book, by the way, I recommend that you read it if you haven't already, I will definitely be reading it again, because I want to put some things from the book into action. Uh, every book I read, I like to at least take something away that I will implement or that I will execute. Um, or the, you know, an idea that I'll put into place for myself. But he tells a story in the book where the New York Yacht Club uh, successfully defended their victory of the cup for 132 years. That's a long time to go undefeated. So they were undefeated until September 26, 1983. And that's when the Australia 2 ended the longest winning streak in sporting history with a 41 second margin of victory. And that boat was skippered by job John Bertrand. And so that win was a milestone moment for the Australia too. And they treated it like a national holiday. And so I'm paraphrasing from the book. Some of this quoted, some of it's just paraphrased. And it was actually even awarded the athlete of the year by the wild wide world of sports. Um, so the question that he poses in the book is how was the Australia two able to do what no one had done in 132 years? You know, part of that they credit to, uh, a winged keel designed by Dutch and engineers, which they say gave the Australian team a technical advantage. But he also says that isn't what won the race. And so he goes on to say, if you haven't tasted victory in 132 years, it's hard to imagine any other outcome than defeat. The first thing you need to do is convince yourself that winning is even possible. How? The answer is flip the script. So this is where he talks about flipping the script. You've got to rewrite your narrative by telling yourself a different story, a better story. And so several years before the 1983 America's Cup, the Australian skipper Mike Fletcher had read the classic novella, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And the moral of that story was begin by knowing you have already arrived. And uh, he also talks about, you know, this is similar to Stephen Covey's uh, habit of highly effective people, which is begin with the end in mind. But what Fletcher did was he made a recording of the Australian team winning the race. So the recording was like a play-by-play with the sound of a sailboat cutting through the water that uh, had the Australian team winning the race. And a copy of that recording was given to each member of the crew, and they were told to listen to it twice a day. And they did this every day for three years. Every day for three years, they listened to it twice a day, which means before even starting the race, 
before even setting sail, they had won the race in their mind 2,190 times. So how did they end that long losing streak? They told themselves a different story and they won the race by winning the race 1,095 days in a row, which is amazing, right? So one way to intentionally stack up evidence day by day by day by day that you are good enough and that you are more than enough is to tell yourself that story over and over and over again. So I've noticed even in my own work lately, this conflict between it's not enough. In other words, I'm, I'm not doing enough. I am not getting enough done you know, whatever version of that you might be believing. And I don't want to do more or I won't, I, I have decided that this is the amount of time I'm working or this is the amount of effort I'm putting in or these are the hours that I'm going to work in. And so it's almost like there's this conflict between a voice in my head that says you have to do more And another voice in my head that says, I don't want to do more. And neither of those is a problem in and of itself. I mean, the first sentence in your brain is, or in my brain at least, and maybe this is happening for you too, that's why I wanted to share this, is you're not doing enough or it's not enough. And that is not a problem, right? It's only a problem if we think that that matters. And so if it didn't matter that that's not, that's not enough, then it wouldn't be a problem. It's also not necessarily true, because how do I even know what's enough? Um, I can believe that because I'm not getting the results I want, I can believe it's because it's not enough, right? That's one option. That's one thought. But I don't have to believe that. And so if you think about day one of your business, if you, and I I talked about this on another podcast, but on day one of your business, if you believe it's not working, that's not a problem, right? Because you're, you don't expect to, to work right out of the gate. So it's not a problem. So it's not enough could mean working an hour a week is not enough to build a million dollar business from scratch, right? But what is an hour a week enough for? So it really goes to the context of your thought and what you're making that mean. Then an hour a week could produce something and maybe that's enough for now. And it could also, you know, and it could also mean that, you know, this either or thinking, like it's not enough and I can't do more, therefore I'm not going to succeed. It doesn't have to mean that because even if you have an hour a week, you could produce something and that will get you somewhere. But what my clients do and what I found myself doing is getting into this cage match with themselves or with their brain where they believe it's not enough. They're not willing or able to make more time or produce more energy during this season. And then they end up wasting what energy and time they do have beating themselves up about it not being enough or beating up on reality, wishing reality would change, 
right? They think, oh, I should have more time or I shouldn't have to choose. All of the shoulds that come up or all of the wishes, you know, about circumstances that we either can't change or we're not willing to change. And so what would it look like if we simply accepted it and knew it was enough for now? Then we could filter all of our decisions through that lens. It's like a budget. If you look at your circumstances, you may have $3,000 in income to budget and you may have $29.95 in expenses. Now, some of those expenses are more critical like power and shelter, And some of them are more flexible, like eating out and travel. But every single one of those expenses are still a choice. So, you know, your housing expenses depend on the city where you live, depend on the home that you own or the uh, the apartment you live in. Location of that, depending on, you know, whether you live in a um, more desirable location in that city or you know, you live further out in the suburbs, you know, your location is also going to impact the expense. And just like with your financial budget, the same is true of time. There are things that are more critical, like like sleep, and things that are more flexible, like TV or social media. So where am I going with this? I think when we make it a problem, with us, that problem is a lot tougher to solve. And so we see this as, I think the reason we're not willing to accept it is because when we say it's not enough, I think what we're really saying when you have a limited money mindset, when you don't have a strong, secure foundation with money or strong, secure foundation with yourself, then you make it a problem with you. And that problem is a lot tougher to solve because if there's something wrong with me, then how am I going to fix that? But if there's something wrong with my schedule, that's a lot easier to fix. So what if there's nothing wrong with us? Then we have to solve that problem with all of the different pieces we have that we can manipulate. So it's almost like it's this puzzle that you're trying to put together. And all you have to do is fit the pieces together just right in order to make the picture that you're trying to build. And so maybe we just haven't put all of the pieces together yet right? There's still missing pieces in there. Or maybe we have some of those pieces that are in the wrong spot. You know how sometimes there's like, here's blue sky and here's blue sky and this puzzle piece kind of looks like it should fit. And maybe it doesn't, maybe you just have to switch those pieces, you know? And what if it's not a race? What if we can actually slow down and take our time and just trust that we will get the puzzle put together eventually? And what if it doesn't really matter how long it takes, right? What if we have the rest of our lives? What if we have plenty of time? And what if nothing is at stake? You know, if you don't want to feel tired, if you don't want to feel exhausted, if you don't want to feel like you're missing out, then maybe first of all, figure out why you feel that way. Is it because you feel like you don't have a choice? What choices do you have? You know, solve that puzzle first, right? Maybe it's just because 
you feel tired, exhausted, and like you think something should change that you can't change or that you don't want to change, that is making you less creative and not able to solve those the the real problems not not able to identify the real problems and therefore not able to solve that that problem so solve that puzzle first you know maybe you just need more rest maybe you just need more space to think maybe you need more um room on your schedule to maybe read different things or do things that that don't involve uh, a lot of thinking so that you can allow though all of the dots to connect i notice that when i allow myself space then suddenly the things that i'm doing become much more clear right but when i rush through everything it just becomes this jumbled mess. It's like this big ball of string that got away from me. And now it's just this big tangled mess that I'm trying to untangle. Well, if I take my time and take my space to, to think about things and let, let things come together, right? If I take my time putting together that puzzle, then I, I'm not rushed and I'm not forced to just throw things together, right? So as long as you're feeling rushed and pressured, you'll continue to perform suboptimally because a lot of times it's your striving that exhausts you and gives you no space to find those options, those alternatives, and those solutions. So I have learned this time and time again. You would think I would only have to learn it once, but (laughs) I keep having to learn this lesson. It's so frustrating sometimes. But, you know, maybe get to a baseline of enough first, and then you can work toward more. You have to make it functional before you can make it more effective or more efficient or more simple. You have to get it working first. So let's get your life to a functional place first. Let's make it enough first so that we can make it incrementally more than enough. If you think about a boat that you're trying to paddle up the river, um, and maybe the water is coming into that boat, and more water is coming in, and more water is coming in, and you then you get to a point where okay, the boat is going to sink if we don't start to bail the water out of the boat, but we can't paddle and bail out the water at the same time. So what would you do first? Would you try to paddle to land or would you try to bail the water out of the boat to get it to stop sinking? And then once you get enough water out of the boat that it's not sinking anymore, then you can paddle to where you want to go. But you can't get where you want to go if the boat sinks first. So you have to focus on getting the water out of the boat and, you know, not sinking And then you can paddle to where you want to go. So you have to decide that you are enough, that you are good enough, that you're doing enough first, and then you can go from there. So that's what I've been learning lately. And so I wanted to share that lesson with you in case that's what you need to hear today. 
And remember that um, you are made for more. And that's exactly what we do in the Foundation to Master Your Money Mindset group is we all learn together how to be made for more. <laughs>